welcome to Emanuel Episcopal Church in Rockford, Illinois. We're so happy that you've joined us this morning to celebrate the worshiping of our Lord on the reign of Christ, which is the last Sunday before Advent begins. I have a few announcements before we begin. Uh, there will be a Thanksgiving service at noon on Facebook, so you can tune into that. There'll also be a Thanksgiving toast after the service. Um, and Aspire is on hiatus until after Christmas. January 6th is when they will be returning. And also in between during Advent, a presentation of Amy Jill Levine's program, Light of the World, will be on Wednesdays at 7 o'clock via Zoom. So watch out for those links in your weekly email. We're also collecting money for Jubilee so that the members can have a happy Christmas. We will pr be purchasing $10 gift cards from Walmart for them. Let us center ourselves for a moment as we begin to worship our Lord. Grace to you and peace from God our Father and our Lord Jesus Christ. Let us confess our sins against God and our neighbor. Most merciful God, we confess that we have sinned against you in thought, word, and deed. By what we have done and by what we have left undone. We have not loved you with our whole heart. We have not loved our neighbors as ourselves. We are truly sorry and we humbly repent. For the sake of your Son, Jesus Christ, have mercy on us and forgive us, that we may delight in your will and walk in your ways, to the glory of your name. Amen. Almighty God, have mercy on you, forgive you all your sins through our Lord Jesus Christ, strengthen you in all goodness, and by the power of the Holy Spirit, keep you in eternal life. Amen. A reading from the book of Ezekiel. Thus says the Lord God, I myself will search for my sheep and will seek them out. As shepherds seek out their flocks when they are among their scattered sheep, so I will seek out my sheep. I will rescue them from all the places to which they have been scattered on a day of clouds and thick darkness. I will bring them out from the peoples and gather them from the countries and will bring them into their own land. And I will feed them on the mountains of Israel, by the watercourses, and in all the inhabited parts of the land. I will feed them with good pasture, and the mountain heights of Israel shall be their pasture. There they shall lie down in good grazing land, and they shall feed on rich pasture on the mountains of Israel. I myself will be the shepherd of my sheep, and I will make them lie down, says the Lord God. I will seek the lost, and I will bring back the strayed, and I will bind up the injured, and I will strengthen the weak. But the fat and the strong I will destroy. I will feed them with justice. Therefore, thus says the Lord God to them, I myself will judge between the fat sheep and the lean sheep, because you pushed with flank and shoulder and butted at the weak animals with your horns until you scattered them far and wide. I will save my flock, and they shall no longer be ravaged, and I will judge between sheep and sheep. I will set up over them one shepherd, my servant David, 
and he shall feed them. He shall feed them and be their shepherd. And I, the Lord, will be their God, and my servant David shall be the prince among them. I, the Lord, have spoken. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. separate people one from another as a shepherd separates the sheep from the goats and he will put the sheep at his right hand and the goats at the left then the king will say to those at his right hand come you that are blessed by my father inherit the kingdom prepared for you from the foundation of the world for I was hungry and you gave me food I was thirsty and you gave me something to drink. I was a stranger, and you welcomed me. I was naked, and you gave me clothing. I was sick, and you took care of me. I was in prison, and you visited me. Then the righteous will answer him, Lord, when was it that we saw you hungry and gave you food, or thirsty and gave you something to drink? And when was it that we saw you a stranger and welcomed you, or naked and gave you clothing? And when was it that we saw you sick or in prison and visited you? And the king will answer them, Truly, I tell you, that just as you did it for one of the least of these who are members of my family, you did it to me. Then he will say to those at his left hand, 
You that are accursed, depart from me into the eternal fire, prepared for the devil and his angels. For I was hungry, and you gave me no food. I was thirsty, and you gave me nothing to drink. I was a stranger, and you did not welcome me. Naked, and you did not give me clothing. Sick and in prison, and you did not visit me. Then they also will answer, Lord, when was it that we saw you hungry or thirsty or a stranger or naked or sick or in prison and did not take care of you? Then he will answer them, Truly I tell you, just as you did not do it for one of the least of these, you did not do it to me. And these will go away into eternal punishment but the righteous into eternal life. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. My friend Bill, who is a bishop in Canada, told the story of his grandmother when he was a young boy who would sit behind the lace curtains in the living room with her chair placed just so, so she could see all of the action that was going on in the streets. And in the street one day, across the road from them, some people moved in. And his grandmother took the curtains and pulled them back a, lit, a little bit and looked out and said, oh, these are not PLUs. What she was saying is, these are not people like us. These are people that we don't want to associate with that people that maybe are poorer than we are or less educated, and we think that somehow we are better than they are. And that's exactly what I believe the sheep and the goats is all about. The sheep and the goats is the story of how we like to section ourselves off. We want the, the poor and the dirty and the hungry to be off on their own so that we don't have to look at them. Think of a few years ago in New York City when they pushed all the homeless out, even though they had no place to live. That wasn't thought of, it just meant we wanted to have pristine streets for the tourists to visit so they would feel safe. And the homeless, of course, scattered, living under viaducts and in subway tunnels, scrounging and scavenging for whatever food and shelter they could find. What will God say to us as a society one day? This is the last Sunday of our liturgical year. Next Sunday, we begin Advent. So I like to think of this as perhaps our New Year's Eve. And never mind the champagne toasts and the blowhorns. Many of us on New Year's Eve think back over the year that's just passing. And we think about ways that we can improve. That's why diets are so popular on January 2nd and not December 31st. People will make resolutions and by about the third week, they'll have forgotten them. But the resolution that we can make as a, as a people is to not allow the poor and the hungry and the cold and the naked to be left to fend for themselves, 
friendless and alone in what can be a frightening and rather ugly world at times. The picture that Jesus paints is not one of all lying down with the lamb by still waters. It's a call to action. It's a call for us to look at our own lives and to think about the ways that we may have pushed past the homeless man or woman on the street. Or we may have laughed at the person who was begging with the sign that says, God bless, every little bit helps. We think to ourselves in our most cynical moments, oh sure, I bet they get off in their Mercedes and drive away at the end of the day while I drive around in my 10-year-old car. We feel like we're being played for suckers instead of thinking how desperate someone must be to stand on a street corner and beg every day. I see the same fellow every morning at Alpine and State when I drive by. And I look at him and his haggard face and his raggedy clothes and I think there but by the grace of God go I. But I also know that I could stop and do something. But day after day I drive by and I don't pay him any mind other than to feel sorry for him. We want to have empathy, not pity. Empathy for those who have less. Pity uh, sets up a power differential. But empathy says, I'm one of you. I walk alongside you. I care about you. These are difficult times. So I know that someone that stands on a street corner at 8.30 in the morning when it's 20 degrees out must be truly desperate. Desperate for maybe just a word of thanks. Maybe just a word of comfort. Maybe just someone to actually acknowledge his existence on this planet. The other part of the story, though, is that God seems so punitive. I really don't think that God separates us, sheep and goats, when we get up into heaven. I truly believe that God realizes we've all done the best we can with what we've been given, but we also know we can do more. There was a woman who went to her pastor and she told him that she was fearful for her son. He was a drug addict and a prostitute and she just felt that he, he would, when he died, what would happen to his soul? Well, the pastor said to himself, well, I'm not very good at this kind of thing. So he did what all pastors do. We say, well, how do you feel about that? Or what do you think will happen? We turn the question back to the person asking it to give them time to think and reflect. And the woman burst into tears. And she said, I think he's going to go to hell. And I don't want that. He says he doesn't believe in God anymore. And I don't want that either. None, no parent wants to think their child is going to burn in hell. And no parent wants to think that their child is in agony through drug addiction and selling their body on the street. So the pastor had her 
close her eyes and sit quietly for a few moments. And, she's, and he said to her, if you could have your son next to you right now, what would you do? And she said, I'd put my arms around him. And he said to her, then what would you do? And she said, I would tell him that I loved him and I would tell, them that I, tell him that I want him to come home and I want him to become part of our family and I want him to kick his addiction. And when she opened her eyes, the tears were streaming down her face. And the pastor looked at her and said, that's what God wants for him. God is never going to give up on any of us. A God like that is a God that I just can't believe in. I don't want the punitive God that's waiting with a giant scoreboard in the sky to mark up all my mistakes and all of the bad decisions I've made. I want a God who says to me, it's okay, you're human, I love you, I can never stop loving you, you're my child. When we hear the parable of the sheep and the goats, it is a call to action. It is a call to make us wake up and see the world, unfortunately, as it is, but also to know that we have the power to change that world. Not in a big way. I'm not talking about going out and feeding thousands of people or clothing hundreds. I'm talking about working in our own neighborhood to make it safe. That when we see the people that are wandering around the church or sitting on the steps, instead of brushing by them, we stop and say, hi, how are you today? And see the person in front of us. That is what God is calling us to do in the sheep and the goats. It's not meant to be a punishment, but it's meant to be a blessing. It's meant for us to reevaluate on this New Year's Eve of how we want to go forward in the next liturgical year. So my friends, as we get ready to close out the year, let us be grateful for all that we've been given, but let us also think about all that we have yet to do. It does seem daunting, but I know together we can accomplish great things. Amen.
Apostles' Creed. I believe in God, the Father Almighty, creator of heaven and earth. I believe in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord. He was conceived by the power of the Holy Spirit and born of the Virgin Mary. He suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, died, and was buried. He descended to the dead. On the third day, he rose again. He ascended into heaven and is seated at the right hand of the Father. He will come again to judge the living and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Catholic Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. The Lord be with you, and also with you. Let us pray. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory, forever and ever. Amen. Show us your mercy, O Lord. And grant us your salvation. Clothe your ministers with righteousness. Let your people sing with joy. Give peace, O Lord, in all the world. For only in you can we live in safety. Lord, keep this nation under your care. And guide us in the way of justice and truth. Let your way be known upon earth. Your saving health among all nations. Let not the needy be forgotten, O Lord. Nor the hope of the poor be taken away. Create in us clean hearts, O God and sustain us with your Holy Spirit. Almighty and everlasting God, whose will it is to restore all things in your well-beloved Son, the King of kings and Lord of lords, mercifully grant that the peoples of the earth, divided and enslaved by sin, may be freed and brought together under his most gracious rule, who lives and reigns with you in the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. Gracious God, give skill, sympathy, and resilience to all who are caring for the sick, and your wisdom to those searching for a cure. Strengthen them with your spirit, that through their work many will be restored to health. Through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. My Jesus, I believe that you are truly blessed present in the blessed sacrament of the altar. I desire to offer you praise and thanksgiving as I proclaim your resurrection. I love you above all things and long for you in my soul. Since I cannot receive you in sacrament of your body and blood, come spiritually now into my heart. Cleanse and strengthen me with your grace, Lord Jesus, and let me never be separated from you. May I live in you, and you and me, in this life and in the life to come. Amen.
Today we remember especially those celebrating birthdays, Larry, Barry, Dan, Dale, and those celebrating their anniversaries, especially John and Jerry. For all who have commended themselves to our prayers, especially the children and families of Emmanuel, Dale, Ellen, Kevin, Larry, Mary, Marianne, Nick, Patrick, Phyllis, Rich, Sam, Sean, and for our families, friends, and neighbors, and for all who have died, especially John and Toshia. Almighty God, Father of all mercies, we, your unworthy servants, give you humble thanks for all your goodness and loving kindness to us and to all whom you have made. We bless you for our creation, preservation, and for all the blessings of this life, but above all for your immeasurable love in the redemption of the world by your Lord Jesus Christ. For the means of grace and the hope of glory, and we pray, give us such an awareness of your mercies that with truly thankful hearts we may show forth your praise not only with our lips, but in our lives, by giving up ourselves to your service and walking before you in holiness and righteousness all our days, through Jesus Christ our Lord, to whom with you and the Holy Spirit be honor and glory throughout all ages. Amen. Let us bless the Lord. Thanks be to God. May the God of hope fill us with all joy and peace in believing through the power of the Holy Spirit. Amen. And my friends, let us remember that life is short, and we have little time to gladden the hearts of those who travel with us. So make haste to love and be swift to be kind. And the blessing of God Almighty, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit be with you all this day and forevermore. Amen. Amen.